Hey, what's up, everyone? And welcome to another episode of We Need to Talk. I hope you had a wonderful weekend. My special guest today is me. One thing I don't do very often is solo shows. I do special podcasts for my Patreon followers, but for the main We Need to Talk show, I love having conversations with a wide variety of guests. Just being able to connect with other human beings on their views and beliefs is just something that has always been intriguing to me and something that I'm very passionate about. And it's one of the reasons that I even started this podcast. But today, I really wanted to chat with you about a few specific things that have really been on my heart in the last week. Now, despite how depressing it can be, I try my best to always follow the news, to stay up to date with current events, with social trends, hot topics. And we talk about a lot of them on the show with special guests. You know, I'll bring up certain things here and there. But I'm really, I really try to stay up to date, you know, with my Twitter feed and with posting on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram and all the social medias that we have to <laughs> keep up to date with. Um, but I really try to focus on the things that we need to talk about. And this past week, there really was no shortage of headlines that ranged from positive to negative to just downright confusing. And while I'm no stranger to expressing my views on social media, for those of you that follow me, you know this, I really wanted to do um, more of an in-depth chat on some of these issues with my faithful podcast listeners. So there are uh, three topics, maybe four, um, if, if I get around to having time, because I usually try to keep the podcast between like 30 and 40 minutes, but um, there are a few topics that I really want to talk about because they struck me this week and I was feeling some kind of way about them, to be honest. The first one I want to talk about is Jeff Bezos. And I know, I know you're already rolling your eyes. I can hear you rolling your eyes on this side of your podcast listening, wherever you're listening to this. But um, let me start by saying this. I am a faithful Amazon user. And honestly, I think most people are. It's convenient. It has everything that you need. And I, I know for a fact that it saved a lot of people in the pandemic. It definitely saved me as a new mom. And me and my husband, we, you know, we got Amazon often for Sienna, for stuff for her and just for us, for our family. Um, but if we're also being honest with ourselves, you know, building a platform at a, a, to that magnitude is really no small feat. I mean, starting a company in your garage in the early 90s, growing it to be one of the biggest companies in the world is a dream that I'm sure many people have. And so when you're looking at the trajectory of Amazon, it is extremely impressive. But we all know that there's a dark side to Amazon, to how the business is run, to how the workers are treated. And I know that dark side is what has made so many people conflicted on being one of its faithful consumers. And that dark side is Jeff Bezos. Now, of course, I don't know Jeff Bezos personally, but my view of him is that you know, he doesn't seem like the greatest guy. And my thoughts about him just in seeing interviews and reading articles, it just, there really aren't many good thoughts that I have about him. Um, to me, he really is the epitome of white privilege. And as we all know, you know, this week, Jeff Bezos took his first trip into space. And the entire trip, it was 10 minutes and 10 seconds, I believe, cost $5.5 billion. Now let's backtrack, okay? Anybody that achieves a certain amount of success by putting in hard work and accumulating wealth and being able to take care of your family and live out your dreams, creating a business, providing for others should be congratulated. Just at base. However, 
there comes a point when you really have to question how much does one person need? And I think the dilemma that I have, and I know I'm not alone in this, with him and with a lot of people that hold the majority of the world's wealth is how much are you giving back? Now, some people may have the argument was like, well, they worked hard. They earned it. They got themselves to that position by putting in endless amounts of hours, building their company, putting in the work, never sleeping, doing this, so on and so forth. Why should they give back to anybody? Why should they help anybody? And my question back to that is, why not? At the end of the day, you can't take it with you. And it really comes down to how do you sleep at night knowing that some people don't have a place to lay their head, knowing that some people didn't even get a meal today, knowing that some people will never be able to afford any form of education, be able to afford a trip outside of their little small town, be able to afford anything really that is slightly materialistic, knowing that you spent $5.5 billion just to go to space for fun. Now, of course, you know, people are saying he's, he did it and he's trying to figure out other solutions for earth and blah, blah, whatever. You know, I don't even want to get into it because it's just kind of a white noise to me, honestly, because in one fell swoop, he could cure most of the world's problems. And I can't imagine that if you are that narcissistic and that greedy, why you wouldn't want to be known as the person that cured most of the world's problems? Why do you want to be known as someone that's selfish? Why do you want to be known as someone that doesn't help others? Why do you want to be known as the man that has too much money that he doesn't even know what to do with? When people think about their legacies, these are the questions that I wonder. Why do you want this to be your legacy? Do you not see how the world views you? And maybe you don't care. But I just don't know how you can go through life that way. I think what Jeff Bezos has built is remarkable. And no one, no one will ever deny that. But again, at the end of the day, what are you doing with all of that excess? If you could save someone's life, why wouldn't you? Now, shifting gears a little bit, one of the things that was also in the news this past week that truly rubbed me the wrong way, and I spoke out about it on social media, was the article written in Forbes about Megan Rapinoe's CBD regimen. Now, I will be the first to admit that I do use CBD. I am actually an ambassador for a brand called Relaxamom that is um, under a company called Booby Bar. And um, I've been with them since I gave birth to Sienna. The, the products are incredible. And these CBD gummies really do help me relax after a very stressful day. I believe in the benefits of CBD. I, in general, think that cannabis needs to be legalized because... Everybody does it, in whether it's CBD or THC. There are differences, obviously, but it, it needs to be legal. End of story, right? But Megan Rapinoe, there was an article written about how she uses CBD to help prepare her or after games, so on and so forth, right? Nothing wrong with the article in the context of just the article. But when you pull back the veil and look at the past month, and you see that Shikari Richardson, who's the fastest girl in the world currently, was banned from the Tokyo Olympics because she was found with THC, that's a different version of cannabis, in her system after her mom died. 
um, she was banned because THC is not allowed under the rules of the Olympics. You know, again, as I said on social media, we know it's the difference between CBD and THC. But what is very upsetting is how the promotion, the glorification, and the acceptance of white female athletes using CBD versus a black female athlete using THC for essentially same reasons. Physical pain, emotional pain, right? Now, it's it's an antiquated rule. It's outdated. It needs to just go. We didn't going to hurt nobody, to be honest. If anything, it would have slowed Shikari down, to, to be honest. And you would think that CBD would actually be banned first under the list of drugs that athletes are not allowed to take when they're competing because it would actually numb your pain and make you not feel any, any discomfort. And that's exactly what people use CBD for. There's creams, there's gummies, you know, there's oils, um, there's CBD is pretty much in everything. You can put drops in protein shakes and it helps with pain management, helps to relax. It's, it's a, a mood calmer, things like that. Um, to me, that would affect your performance more than anything. Not getting high and just being chill and having the munchies, right? Bottom line is we can focus on race in this situation because it is very reminiscent, as I said on my social media, of black men still being in jail for selling weed while white men have become millionaires in the cannabis industry. But at the end of the day, it's just an outdated rule. And it's, it's something that needs to be changed. But my problem is, going back to race, is that things only tend to be normalized when white people normalize them. When black people try to normalize them, we get punished for it. They could have made a, a, an article about how weed needs to not be illegal. They could have made articles about this, you know, putting a spotlight on cannabis because she got banned. But instead, it was glorifying athlete CBD regimens and how they use it to make themselves feel good when they're competing. It's really a slap in the face. And yes, you can pick and choose and you can, you know, dissect this and say how much it is different. But at base, it really isn't. And it feels very hypocritical. It feels like there's a double standard as there usually is, unfortunately. There always seems to be a different set of rules for white people than there is for black people, no matter what era we are in. So I truly hope that, and again, I have nothing against Megan Rapinoe. I really like her. She's been very vocal. She even spoke out in support of Shikari. Um, so I hope that the spotlight that she has now on her CBD use, she will use that platform and use that spotlight to continue to speak out about the double standard and to speak out about how the rules need to be changed. If you're going to say cannabis is you know on the world stage for the Olympics, it's a bad look. Because again, we know there's two forms of cannabis, but if you're going to allow one, just allow both. So I get frustrated talking about this because I feel for that girl. I can only imagine when she was in emotional pain, she knew she messed up, but we can't be the people that judge how other people grieve. Should she have smoked the weed knowing that it would get her banned? Of course not. But how many of you would be in a completely cognitive mental state when you've lost your mom? Probably not many. 
So I hope soon (laughs) the rules get changed and that we just legalize cannabis so this will never be an issue anymore. And I also think if I wanted to go further and go a little deeper, obviously every single person that is still in jail for weed needs to be released and they need to be given a dispensary that already has some capital in it. But that's another podcast. Now, another one of my favorite headlines from this week was when Alabama city leader Tommy Bryant dropped the N-word in a city council meeting. And he dropped it so casually. Now, the funny thing about it is that he used the word to reflect back to something that the city's mayor, Wayman Newton, had said. The kicker, the city's mayor is black. And so he decided that he would call another council member, Veronica Freeman, the N-word and refer to her as a house N-word. He was trying to, quote unquote, prove a point, he says. Now, I wrote a very strongly worded email to Tommy Bryant. It probably was nicer than he deserved, but but I wrote him an email. And this is what that email said. I don't know who you are outside of you calling a council member a house N-word, but I wrote out the actual word for him. But the current view of you is pretty outstanding. I don't expect an apology from you or to your colleague, I don't expect you to grow. I don't expect you to ask for forgiveness because it would not be genuine. But let me make this very clear. You are not a good person. You are racist. And something tells me you probably think you are a Christian too. Do you think Jesus would approve of your rhetoric? Do you think God smiles as you are calling someone the N-word? Again, I wrote it out. I'm not sure what year you think it is, but it's 2021. And people like you have no place on a council that is meant to serve all people. Resign. Now, Much to my surprise, good old Tommy wrote me back. He said, look at the video closely. I was speaking to the mayor who had called Veronica that name two times. Police reports have been filed on one of those occasions. I was exposing the mayor for who for months has been harassing Veronica. I would not call a black that name. Let me tell you something. If you end an email by referring to someone as a black then you've completely (laughs) refuted anything that you were trying to say or prove. And all you did was show me that you are indeed racist. Now, the funny thing about this is that the mayor is black. So I do wonder in what context he did use the N-word. But regardless, it wasn't Tommy's word to use. If the mayor did use it and Veronica doesn't like it, then him and Veronica can, can take that up because they are a part of the same community and they can have that conversation. Tommy did not need to insert himself into this conversation conversation, nor did he need to use the N-word as if it were part of his just regular everyday vernacular. It was offensive and it was disgusting and he needs to resign. He has his own district. That's what's crazy. He's his own district. He is supposed to be the person representing everybody. So my next question is, who's voting for him? If the city in which he has a district that he represents is 53% black, who's voting for this man? Because his behavior, his remark, his rhetoric, it's unacceptable. And it shouldn't be allowed on anybody's council. And of course, he wasn't apologetic at all. He said he felt he did what needed to be done. And that using the racial slur was meant to call out the mayor. Now, I don't get this, to be honest, and I don't really need more of an explanation because, again, there's no context in which this situation would allow for him to use that word. But 
the excuses in the backpedaling is what really gets me. Just admit you're racist and keep it moving. Now, one of the last things I want to talk about, and I want to take some time to talk about this, is self-worth. In being vulnerable with you, for and I appreciate you listening and being on this journey with me of having meaningful conversations. I've learned so much about myself, but I struggle with self-worth. And I struggle with confidence and I struggle with knowing what my purpose is. And even being a very faithful person, someone who prays, someone who believes in God and does believe at the end of the day that she has a purpose, sometimes it's a little hard to see. Sometimes it's a little hard to discern. And I think one of the most debilitating things is trying to figure out how to navigate a life where the career that you've chosen is really contingent upon whether or not people like you. And it's difficult because every day we wake up, we scroll our Twitter feed, we look at Facebook, we look at Instagram, and we feel that our self-worth has to be monetized, is quantified by the amount of likes and comments and views that we get. And just where we are in 2021, that's just what we've been conditioned to think. And it's hard to get out of that. It's really hard to wake up and just go to work for the purpose of doing the work that you want to do because it makes you feel good and it empowers you and you know that it's going to make a difference. Because if you feel like you're not reaching anybody, then what's the point? For most of my life, I have been a singer-songwriter. I've been a vocalist. I've, I've toured. I've traveled. I've opened for people. I've released like five records, a bunch of singles, um, performed at some incredible venues. And from the outside looking in, it would seem as if I, I've had a very successful independent music career. You know, my goal in life as a singer was never to be Beyonce. It was never to be Lady Gaga. I never wanted to ascend to, to that level of fame and, and fortune and notoriety. I always joke, because like, I just want to be like, you know, we're like Sarah Bareilles and Indy Ari and Colby Kelly and Gavin Gra. I wanted to be one of those singer-songwriter pods, you know? I wanted to share my music that had very deep and meaningful messages with the world. And I wanted my voice to be heard in that way. And it's not to say that it hasn't. It just hasn't been in the way that I had envisioned. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating because I feel like I put in a lot of work for something that I never got a return on. And it's not that I did it for a return, but when you're working for something that you want to be your dream, you want to be your career, when you feel like it's wasted, it's hard to accept. So I've been grappling with what feels like the end of a music career or maybe a rebirth of something else, but it's been hard to navigate for me. I'm going to be 35 next month. And to be quite honest, I feel like I don't have anything to show for it. And that's a hard feeling to wrestle with. And, you know, some people will think, but you've done this, you've done this. You've had this person on your show. You've had, you know, you performed this place. You opened for these people. Why do you feel that way? It's hard to put into words because despite having had some quote unquote success, it was never what I imagined for myself. Now, that brings me to this. What you imagine for yourself 
may not be enough sometimes. It may not be where your voice is needed. It may not be where you will make the biggest impact. I never in a million years thought that I would have a podcast where I would get to interview and chat with some of the most amazing people I've ever met. But I am. And while my podcast isn't what's making me money currently, it's something that does bring me joy and something that I do know is reaching other people. But again, I'm stuck with really figuring out what my purpose is. My life trajectory is a very interesting one currently, and it's one that I don't understand. But I know I'm not alone in these feelings. I just wanted to share my personal journey with you in hopes that if you're feeling this way, you have someone that you can connect with because you're not alone. I've had to realize that it's okay to not know what I'm doing at any given moment. I've had to realize that it's okay with being frustrated with where my life is. I've had to know that it's okay with the feelings that I'm currently having. Because one, I'm not going to let them consume me and I'm not going to reside here for very long. And it's all a part of the journey. It's all a part of growth. But I just have to know that in this moment where I am, who I am, and how I'm feeling is okay. So if that gives you any consolation, any comfort, any little bit of peace, because what I just shared with you aligns with how you've been feeling, just know that you're going to be all right. Self-worth is a hard thing to come by. Even the people that seem the most confident are probably insecure about something. But those feelings make you human. And don't forget that. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk. And we'll be back on Thursday with our interview series with some great conversation. Thanks again. Love you all. Bye.